from NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, this is Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, your host for this next hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. And we managed to get the queen of the know-it-alls on our show. She is the editor of the World Almanac, Sarah Jansen. And to kick things off, please say hello to our one-man house band, Mr. Jonathan Colton. Hello, everybody. Hello, Fira. And it looks like we have our first two contestants, Dan Marin and Eurydice Decker. Now, you're both uh, really into film, which is just great to know, not helpful at all in this game. Mm. Uh, But I would love to know, if your project won an Academy Award for Best Whatever, who would you thank in your speech, Dan? I think it would have to be the Academy to begin. Then you got to go cast and crew. Uh-huh. Um, the uh, agent who uh, brought me. Uh, <laughs> the makeup artist who stayed with me all these years. I think Meryl Streep did that with your her team. last one. You got a whole team in oh, your yeah. dream here. Uh-huh. And then I would end as the music was beginning to rise up. I'd remember to my family, I think. That's how you oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Sounds that's like beautiful. you've thought about this a lot. You're ready to see. What do you, what do you have to say for your thank yous? I think I would just do family and friends. Wow. And maybe the loser in high school who always didn't give me the second look. Ah, spite! You're all about spite. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. A lot of people here relate to that. All right, well, this game is called Oscar Winners, and it's specifically about people named Oscar. Apologies to all the Tonys, Emmys, and old little musical ladies named Grammy out there, (laughs) because this round is all about the Oscars. So we've written a bunch of short acceptance speeches that notable, real, and fictional Oscars might read if they were awarded a trophy in their field of expertise. And your job is to tell us which Oscar we're talking about. So let's turn to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. John, can you give us an example? Thank you, thank you. This is so exciting. You know, Duke Ellington called me the Maharaja of the keyboard, and Count Basie said I play the ivories better than anyone he'd heard. Until today, I thought those were the highest honor this old jazz piano player could get. That would be a speech given by Oscar Peterson. Okay. Right? You got that one right in your mind? Totally. Yeah. So, Ringan, what do you know the answer? And the winner of this game will move on to her Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Here we go. I know this is going to sound weird coming out of my mouth, given my sour reputation and the fact that I'm basically a shapeless green piece of fabric that lives in a garbage can, but you like me right now. You really like me. Dan. Oscar the Grouch. Exactly. Oh, I wish you all could be me right now. That is what I'd truly like you all to be. Because if you were all me right now, everyone would be in love with you. Trust me, it's an amazing feeling. I feel like a wiener. Dan. Oscar Mayer? You're right, and I said wiener on the radio. (laughs) Everyone loves a hot dog. That's That's what that's about. Hot dog always wins. Jackie O, Nancy Reagan, even Cher. I've dressed them all for their big occasions in their lives. So who am I wearing tonight? Myself, of course. Eurydice. Oscar de la Renta. Exactly, yes. Don't even think of playing me off, Mr. Conductor. I have a long list of people to thank. In fact, it's almost as long as the list of lives I saved during World War II. 
A long list. I know. It's okay. It's all right. Oh, God. <laughs> Dan fell to the floor, but Eurydice buzzed in. Oscar Schindler. Exactly. Well done. A little braggy, Oscar <laughs> yeah, Schindler. A little braggy. A little bit of a show-off. <laughs> I've been a lightweight champion, a welterweight champion, not to mention an Olympic champion. Still, it wasn't until today that I felt like I finally earned my nickname, Golden Boy. Dan. Oscar De La Hoya. You got it. Yeah. When I woke up earlier today, I thought, what a beautiful morning. How could it possibly get better than this? Well, thanks to this award, I'll say that tonight isn't going to be too shabby either. It has truly been some enchanted evening. Eurydice. Oscar Hammerstein. Yes, exactly. Oscar Hammerstein. All right, this is your last question. Personally, I've never believed in the importance of being earnest. (laughs) That said, I'm at a loss for words right now, so I'll just repeat something that's been attributed to me for years. I have nothing to declare except my own genius. Dan. Oscar Wilde. That's right. John Chinesky, how did our contestants do? The envelope, please. And the Oscar goes to Dan. Way to go, Dan. Congratulations, Dan. We will see you again at our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Oh, I love trash. Anything pretty or pingy or dusty. Anything ragged or rotten or rusty. Yes, I love trash. Seems a little out of Oscar's range, that song. <laughs> very high. He's a hoarder. I think that's He's a hoarder, yeah, I know. It's very sad. <laughs> Let's say hello to our next two contestants, Katie Cozy and Becky Goldstein. <laughs> Katie, you're, let me get this right. Your lifestyle alter ego is Punder Woman? Yes. Yes, okay. she is. <laughs> okay. I like that. Uh, what is Punder Woman's origin story? Sure. So I was interning, living in New York City, um, and I was applying for another internship where they required us to make a minute and a half video about us. So I thought, what better to showcase my time in New York City than to run around fighting crime like every New Yorker, right? So thus, Punder Woman was born, solving crimes, having the situation Punder Control. Oh, (laughs) nice. You're going to do just fine on this show. (laughs) Becky, you are a superhero of the theater, working as a stage manager. That is the real superhero of a theater. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I can imagine you've saved the day a number of times. Uh, Once or twice. Yeah, do you have one that sticks out? I was office managing, and I'd been on site for about 28 hours, and we got this phone call that the uh, transport for 45 attendees to our event had broken down in New Brunswick, New Jersey. We ended up calling enough car services <laughs> that would pick them up on the side of the road without a contact phone number or a payment option and picked them <laughs> up and they brought them to us and we ended up paying an exorbitant amount of money all while on zero sleep. Nice! Wow. On the corporate dime. Now that I know about Plunder Woman, I'm going to put her in my That's what you're going to do next time. Yes. Yeah, very smart. This is perfect, actually, because this game is called All Answers Are Alliterative. Mm-hmm. Just a jovial Josh at this juncture, right, Jonathan? Yes, as you might have guessed in this game, the answers will be three or four word phrases that all begin with the same letter. 
So all you have to do is give us that phrase. For example, if I said, in this game, you try to align a trio of X's or O's, the answer is, of course, tic-tac-toe. Now, if you need a hint, we will give you the letter that starts each word in the answer. Here we go. This is the sign that you wish had been taped to the busted vending machine before you lost your money in it. Becky. Out of order. That's right. I will tell you that I once uh, lost my money and I called the number on the vending machine. Did they just laugh at you? (laughs) Yeah, they just (laughs) laughed and hung up. No, there was a machine, an answering machine, and it said, leave your uh, address, and I did, and said, hey, and I got an envelope in the mail with two one dollar bills cash <laughs> they just sent me two one dollar bills with, the, with a little handwritten note that said sorry <laughs> all right blunderbore and thunderdell are names sometimes given to a character from folklore who roars what line of dialogue before chasing jack back down the beanstalk katie fee fi fo fum that's right If you help or encourage someone committing a crime, you might be accused of what alliterative offense? Katie. Aiding and abetting. You got it. Yeah. Wowzers. It's the phrase that a klutzy robotic detective from a 1980s kids show might use to activate his telescopic legs, the helicopter rotors coming out of his hat, or other built-in mechanical contraptions. Katie. Go-go gadget? That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Precursor to Siri. (laughs) Very very early Siri. (laughs) Very early. This comedy about romantically challenged scholars, adapted into a 2000 movie musical by Kenneth Branagh, is the only Shakespearean play with an alliterative title. Love's Labor's Lost. That's right. Nice. Okay, this is your last question. Bottomless Potamus is one of four plastic creatures getting whacked over and over again as players try to swallow as many marbles as possible in what game from Hasbro? Katie. Happy, happy hippos. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, I'm sorry, Katie. That is not quite right. Becky, do you know what it is? Hungry, hungry hippos. That's right. Wow. That's a, that's a tough beat right there. I that's, love Happy Happy Hippos. Happy Happy Hippos. <laughs> and that's a way there's, better game. There's plenty of marbles to go around. Don't worry. <laughs> it's going to be just This fun. game is driving me marbles. Just open them up and dump them in. Everybody gets filled with marbles. But you know what? I didn't know they had names. That's new that, that they have names. Bottomless Potamus. Yeah, and there's one. There's Sweetie Potamus and there's Veggie Potamus. Yes. It seems unnecessary. Yes. Those marbles are meatless, I like, I my I liked friend. it better when they were just nameless hippos. <laughs> just starving, starving and mad. Desperate and angry. <laughs> John Chinesky, what happened in this game? We have... I don't remember. We have a totally terrific tie. Ooh. So we're going for a tiebreaker. Here we go. According to a well-known tongue twister, this is how a certain woman makes a living using the exoskeletons of mollusks at the beach. Katie. Sally sells seashells by the seashore. I'll take it. Yes, oh. very good. Congratulations. We will be seeing you at the end of the show, Katie. The roof is rocking. The neighbors are knocking. But we're all bums when the wagon comes. I mean, the John is jumping. Turn it loose. 
Coming up, we'll talk to the woman in charge of every fact in the universe. I'm talking about the editor of the World Almanac, Sarah Jansen. So stick around. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. Thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. You know what you should also listen to? Snap Judgment with Glenn Washington. Snap Judgment is storytelling with a beat. It's intimate, musical kind of storytelling that features stories that connect and captivate and invite you to listen close. So check it out. Snap Judgment. Find it on iTunes under podcasts. Listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is our one-man house band, Jonathan Colton, and our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. But now let's welcome our very important puzzler, the editor of the 2014 World Almanac, Sarah Jansen. Hi, Sarah. Welcome. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So this book that you edit, it is, uh, it's a masterpiece. It's over a thousand <laughs> pages, just filled small font, too. Very small font. There's very, a very lot small. in there. <laughs> so how do you recommend someone read the World Almanac? Do you think they should page through it, read through the whole thing front to back? <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. You know, I think a lot of people have actually tried and failed to do that, mostly because they fell asleep while trying to do that. <laughs> okay. um, I think it's more fun just to skim through, to pick it up, and see what you might find in it. Right, so if I have a question, I should turn to my almanac. Well, absolutely. If you have a question on any topic, if you want to know what Khloe Kardashian's birthday is, believe it or not, it's in there. Oh, really? <laughs> The little things that people like to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I get the idea that uh, maybe that wasn't one of your top ten awesome facts <laughs> we for have, you, personally. We have at least ten facts in there that I would put above that. <laughs> but but we're trying to cover the whole world, and that includes celebrities, includes pop culture, it includes sports, um, any topic that you might have a question about. So you must have, just from working on it, a lot of these facts rolling around in your head. Do you retain a lot of them? <laughs> you don't retain as much as you want to. Yeah. Um, but you do retain more than sometimes you need to, I guess, is a good answer for it. You will remember the oddest things at the oddest times, and it'll just pop into your head, and you'll wonder why you're remembering that. All right, so do your <laughs> friends treat you sort of like the, uh, you know, the walking Google? Are they like, oh, I wonder, oh, let's ask Sarah. Do they do that? Uh, on occasion, but you don't really want to be the know-it-all in the room, I don't think, because then you what? don't get invited places. What? <laughs> Everyone's so confused. So wait a second. You know a lot of stuff and you have social skills? Who are you, Sarah? Okay, we're going to have you back later in the show for your own Ask Me Another Challenge. But right now, you're going to help us with a phone game. So that's right. You don't have to live in Brooklyn to play on our show. Hello, caller. You're on Ask Me Another. Hi, it's Hal Baker calling from Littleton, Massachusetts. Hello, Hal. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Now, I know that you were uh, active duty in the Navy for 12 years. Thank you so much for your service. Oh, thank you. So you would resort to a trivia when you were bored? Yeah, well, it started off in college, really. And then it carried through when I went into the service. And then uh, 
Um, of course, out on ships sometimes, you know, and these are the days before satellite TV and before Skype and stuff like that where you had movies on videotape over and over again. Oh, just the after videotape, the 16-millimeter yeah. went away, and you'd, you'd find out that there actually was a amount of times you can watch the Holy Grail in a row. <laughs> <laughs> About 32, I think, was what it was. And so do you have a, would you say you have a, a specific area of expertise with your trivia? Movies. Movies. That are more than 10 to 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, Broadway shows that are more than 30 years old. Okay. <laughs> Most popular music that's more than 15 years old. Okay, got it. <laughs> I see a trend here, Hal. Military I see a trend. History, TV. All right, sounds like you know a lot. Geography. Okay. So let me tell you what we're going to play. This game is called Odd Facts from the World Almanac. Oy. So we... Uh... <laughs> Sorry. So here's what we did. It's going to be great. We randomly opened the World Almanac, and we found out some surprising facts. So we're going to ask you a question about that fact, but we're going to give you multiple choices to choose from. And Sarah will tell you if you are right or wrong. And if you get a certain amount correct, Hal, yes. I'm going to send you a prize. Cool. Okay, so you ready? Sure. Let's do this. Here's your first question. Which of these celebrities came in sixth place in the 2012 presidential election, receiving 67,326 votes? Was it A, Bill O'Reilly? B, Ted Nugent, or C. Roseanne Barr? God, I hate to say this, but I think it was Ted Nugent. Sarah? It was surprisingly not the Nuge. It was <laughs> Roseanne Barr. It was wow. Roseanne wow. Barr! <laughs> yeah, she, was, uh, she ran under the Peace and Freedom Party. Uh, oh. In some states, she was actually on the ballot as an official nominee. It's true. Hopefully. Oh, for one. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it turns out you, you got it wrong, but the right answer made you feel better. <laughs> so, <laughs> Way back in 1984, so now we're in the area of your expertise, <laughs> the winning word in the script's national spelling bee was what? Was it A, beryllium, B, luge, or C, quinoa? Well, it couldn't be quinoa, because I thought that was popular enough back then, so luge or beryllium. Interesting. Sarah? It was luge, actually. It was luge! Oh, I'm sorry to say. Holy moly. Yeah, holy moly is right. <laughs> it's got wicked hot here. <laughs> here we go. 41,889,421. That's the number... Of what in the United States? Is it the number of A, registered Republicans, B, agnostics, or C, Starbucks? <sighs> Man, I think I'm going to go with clean sweep and whiff on everything here. I'm going to say registered Republicans. Mm. Oh, Sarah? my goodness, it was agnostics, wasn't it? I mean, on the bright side, he's only one question away from a clean sweep. Oh, wow. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's agnostics, but it's really close. The numbers are really close. The numbers are close, but it's agnostics by a hair. Isn't that crazy? 
I'm, I'm failing miserably. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? If you're going to do something, do it big. So go ahead. Maybe we'll have fun. Bring it on. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll watch this. Bring it on. I'm going to. And I'll laugh my kids it out if I get it right. I like the way you play. Hal. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the show before I go down on Flames. I just want to let you know, I love the show. Aw, <laughs> thanks. You won a prize. <laughs> well, I managed to say it out loud. <laughs> but we have one more question. It all could turn around right now, Hal. Show her. <laughs> In 1970, the average American only ate 0.4 pounds of this produce a year. By 2011, the average American ate 11 times that amount, roughly 4.4 pounds. What is it? Is it A, avocados, B, bananas, or C, strawberries? Bananas. Hal, come on now. (laughs) Think about it for a second. Sorry, sorry. All right, 1970, the average American ate only how much? 0.4 0.4 pounds, and now they eat, well, as of 2011, the average American eats 11 times that. Avocados, bananas, which we've already ruled out. <laughs> and strawberries. All right, avocados. Sarah? Yes. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Avocados, Oh, shuck. Oh, well. Hal, congratulations, you've won. (laughs) We're going to send you a signed copy of the 2014 World Almanac. You deserve it. Oh, thank you very much. I am wicked pleased. Absolute pleasure. All right, big fan. See you later. And thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. We'll see you later on the show for your own challenge. Sarah Jansen, everybody. Do you hate pants? Lucky for you, now you can compete on Ask Me Another from the comfort of your pants-free home. All you need to do is call your phone company, get a landline installed, and we can make your trivia dreams come true. Just send an email to us at askmeanother at npr.org, and we promise not to ask what you're wearing. There's antimony, arsenic, aluminum, selenium, and hydrogen, and oxygen, and nitrogen, and rhenium, and nickel, neodymium, neptunium, germanium, and iron, merium, lutetium, uranium. Europium, zirconium, lutetium, vanadium, and lanthanum, and osmium, and acetine, and radium, golden, potitanium, and indium, and gallium, and iodine, and thorium, and thulium, and thallium. Yttrium, ytterbium, actinium, rubidium, and boron, gadolinium, niobium, iridium, and strontium, and silicon, and silver, and samarium, and bismuth, bromine, lithium, beryllium, and barium. There's holmium, and helium, and hafnium, and erbium, and phosphorus, and francium, and fluorine, terbium, manganese, and mercury, molybdenum, magnesium, dysprosium, scandium, and cerium, and cesium. Lead and presidium and platinum, plutonium, palladium, promethium, potassium, polonium, and tantalum, technetium, titanium, tellurium, and cadmium, and calcium, and chromium, and curium. Sulfur, californium, and fermium, bacillium, and also mendelevium, einsteinium, nobelium, and argon, krypton, neon, radon, xenon, zinc, and rhodium, and chlorine, carbon, cobalt, copper, tungsten, tin, and sodium. These are the only ones of which the news has come to Harvard. There may be many others, but they haven't been discovered. 
You know what? Close enough. Let's meet our next two contestants, Jill Farrington and Sam Zhao. <laughs> Sam, Jill, was there a TV family that you watched growing up and you were like, God, I wish I was in that family? Sam? Uh, well, this, this family wasn't alive when I was growing up, but uh, okay. uh, the House Targaryen. Ah. Nice. Yeah, I could be a good father of dragons. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know a lot about you right now, Sam. <laughs> it was very revealing. Jill? Well, uh, my first instinct was to, to play it safe and say the Cosbys, because that seems like a really well-balanced, supportive family. Yeah. But I think if I'm really honest with myself, I'm going to have to go non-traditional, and I'm going to have to say the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All right! <laughs> Two great answers! Wow. Not what I expected at all. That was the best part of it. So this game is called A Family Affair, and that's just like us on stage, right? One big happy puzzle family. Well, we pretend to be one big yeah, happy puzzle totally. family. That's right, yeah. And uh, this game is specifically about the Adams Family. We've taken the ridiculously catchy theme song from the 1960s sitcom The Adams Family, but we have changed the lyrics so that they are clues to other famous families. So contestants, let us know which families we're talking about, and feel free to sing your answers. In fact, I recommend it. After each musical snippet, Ophira will have a follow-up question that either of you can ring in and answer. Are you ready? Ready. Got it. Here we go. They're musical and sunny. Their TV show was funny. Shirley Jones was the mommy. Sam. The Brady family. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Jill, do you know what it is? The Partridge family. You got it. Right. Same era, same era. I understand why you went there, Sam. One of the Partridge children was played by actress Susan Day, who later went on to play attorney Grace Van Owen in what 1980s legal drama? Susan Day, attorney Grace Van Owen. It in took place on the West Coast in Southern California. Jill. L.A. Law? Yes! Did you ever watch that show? I really didn't. <laughs> Sam, no? I wasn't alive. <laughs> All right, you don't have to rub it in, Sam. That's your you excuse for everything, Sam. <laughs> I do love imagining what L.A. Law is. Like, I do remember the show, but if someone's like, what was it? You know, it was just like, he stole my monologue. <laughs> like, it's just L.A. <laughs> problems. I didn't get a call back. <laughs> they're writers and they're sisters. They're literature A-listers. Their pseudonyms were misters. Jill? The Bronte family. That's right. <laughs> the Bronte sisters published their novels using male first names, Kerr, Ellis, and Acton. What was the last name of these faux brothers? Jill? Bell. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they're actors and they're brothers. There's Alec and three others. They're probably awesome lovers. I mean, maybe. Jill? The Baldwin family. Yes. <laughs> Was it the lovers part that gave it away? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I hear that, sister. <laughs> Here's your follow-up question. Name all four acting Baldwin brothers. 
Jill. This is going to be sad. Okay. Uh, Alec, Stephen, Billy, and Daniel? Yeah! Wow. I'm not sure where I dredged that up I know, up that's from. amazing. Like, even <laughs> Stephen forgets Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Makes for an awkward Thanksgiving, huh? <laughs> They're an animated couple. Fred always gets in trouble. They're friends with Barney Rubble. Chill. The Flintstone family. Yep. Who played Fred Flintstone in the 1994 live-action movie version of the popular animated TV series? Sam. John Goodman? Exactly. I think I was alive during that. Yeah, nice one, right? Thanks. You were totally alive for that. Totally. (laughs) Living and breathing, baby. They're singers, that's the lowdown. Five brothers signed with Motown, but Michael didn't slow down. Jill? The Jackson family. That's right. Six of the Jackson siblings were members of USA for Africa, the supergroup that recorded what charity single in 1985? Sam? We are the world. Yeah! Were you alive for that? 85? No, no, sorry. <laughs> Sam, so. Sam is nine years old. <laughs> that looked pretty good, right? That was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> it's a sitcom with appeal. It features Ed O'Neill. Phil Dunphy's a schlemiel. Sam? The Dunphy family. No, oh, well, I guess... Not the answer we're looking for. The modern family. There you go. <laughs> On Modern Family, Ed O'Neill plays the patriarch of the Pritchett family. In 1990s, he starred in Married with Children as the head of another sitcom sitcom family, doesn't matter anymore, with what (laughs) last name? Jill. Bundy. Yes! Exactly. (laughs) Serial killers and hilarious. No, they were not that, but that was the last name. All right, John Chinesky, how did our contestants do? Our winner for a family affair is the altogether ooky Jill Farrington. Jill, you'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round coming at the end of the show. Coming up, we'll see how well our VIP Sarah Jansen knows the book she edits, The World Almanac. So stay tuned. This is Ask Me Another from NPR. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's Hour of Trivia, Puzzles, and Word Games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and we are going to try to stump the editor of the 2014 World Almanac, Sarah Jansen, in just a bit. But first, let's say hello to our next two contestants, Harry Marker and Dan Esposito. (laughs) 
Now, Carrie, you used to run a trivia night. Is that I correct? Did. Uh, yeah, I worked at a bar, and so one day I was like, hey, how about I do a trivia night? And so I did until they fired me for oh. other reasons, and I, it kind of fell off after that. Uh, there's a thousand follow-up questions. Was your trivia night hard? It was. Uh, I feel like there weren't many things that you could kind of like figure out. It was sort of like, it had <laughs> to be like, like terrible, oh, I got... Night. It had to be like, oh, I got that like on a Snapple can at some point. All right, fun. Dan, you, uh, I know you know a lot of stuff. One of your interests, I don't know what it is. I'd love you to explain it to me. Cryptozoology, please uh, explain. Yeah. Uh, you have a fan, the one other person. <laughs> That's usually about how many people in a room are aware of it. Um, it's uh, literally the study of hidden animals. Um, Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, that oh, kind yeah. of stuff, like looking for those. I don't do it. I used to work at a store in Boston that was called the Greater Boston Bigfoot Research Institute. Um, it was, cool. It was a ton of fun. And working there, I sort of uh, caught this bug of like finding all that stuff really interesting uh, because it's bizarre. It's crazy. Oh, so you know the difference between like you're like, I'm never going to find oh, yeah, the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, yeah, they're all Mo- absolutely fake. Uh, oh, good. All right. <laughs> but, yeah. Thank you. Oh. All right. So this game is one of our absolute favorites. It's called Product Placement. Uh, Jonathan, you are no stranger to selling out. I like to think of it as buying in. (laughs) Product placement in movies is getting more and more obvious. Like, for instance, James Bond drinking Heineken in Skyfall. Seems unlikely if you know James Bond. So we thought, what if we took product placement even further and shoehorned ads into existing movies? And what if we updated the titles to reflect it? It might sound like this. Puzzle guru John Chinesky, give us an example. After witnessing a gangland killing, two musicians go on the run by joining an all-girl band. They dress in drag, squeezing themselves into skirts like meat and cheese stuffed into a name-brand microwavable pie. That would be Some Like It Hot Pockets. (laughs) So contestants... Contestants, I will give you a short synopsis of a film with a reference to a product or company... Subtly added in, (laughs) tastefully. You put the product into the film title, and here's a hint. One word in the movie title will overlap with a word in the product or company. Okay, here we go. Zach Braff wrote, directed, and starred in this 2004 film about a depressed young man who returns home to New Jersey and begins to see what life has to offer, like Natalie Portman and never-ending pasta bowls at chain Italian restaurants. Dan. Olive Garden State. That's right. Yeah. Which might also be the name for New Jersey. Like, it might work. I don't know. It's probably more accurate than <laughs> It might be more accurate. Is he truly Santa Claus or just an adorable old mental patient? As Natalie Wood exclaims in this holiday classic, I do believe that this salad dressing spread tastes even better than mayonnaise. Dan. Uh, Miracle Whip on 34th Street? Yeah, exactly. Santa lost weight that year. (laughs) (laughs) This courtroom drama attempts to uncover what really happened, that fateful day in Guantanamo. Did Colonel Jessup order the code red, or did he just order a king cone from an ice cream truck? Harry. Uh, um... Got it. Thanks. A little encouragement Uh, from the audience. I don't get it. Sadly. <laughs> Harry says, I give up. Dan, do you know what it is? Um, it's got to be like a few good um, Mr. Frosties. 
Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's wrong, too. Audience, <laughs> do you know what it is? A few good humor men. That's right. It's one for the audience. You can't handle the sprinkles. <laughs> Either of you. This 1946 film noir is famously confusing, but when you see Bogart and Bacall together on screen, you just know they're going to end up between the sheets enjoying two individualized comfort zones on a mattress with adjustable firmness. Dan. Um, uh, Casa... Oh, uh, nope, that's not right. (laughs) Harry. Uh, The big sleep number bed? Yes! (laughs) Yes! <laughs> the big sleep number bed? Yes, that's right, that's right. Nice. In the final chapter of this raunchy comedy series, Bradley Cooper, Ed Helms, and Zach Galifianakis return to Las Vegas searching for Ken Jeong, missing gold and a chocolate-covered candy bar filled with whipped nougat that was introduced in 1932. Dan. Uh, The Hangover 3 Milky Way. (laughs) Uh, Harry. The Hangover 3 Musketeers. Yes! All right, this is your last clue. Robert De Niro stars as Jake LaMotta, a middleweight boxer whose life is a violent mixture of arrogance, fear, and taurine-laced energy drinks. Dan. A Raging Red Bull. Raging Red Bull is right. John Shineski, how did our contestants do? Our perfect product placer is Dan. Congratulations, Dan. Nice job, Dan. We'll see you later at our Ask Me One More final round. Welcome back, our very important puzzler, editor of the 2014 World Almanac, Sarah Jansen. All right, Sarah, so I imagine every year you have to add new facts, new articles to the World Almanac. What are some ones that were added this year? Oh, we added a ton of stuff this year. We added a new article on marriage in the United States, which is obviously going redefinition in a lot of places. So that was an interesting thing to put together. We added a great new feature. Like polyamorous, on... that's okay now? Is that kind of <laughs> you thing? know what? I don't think that the Bureau of Vital Statistics collects those data yet, but <laughs> maybe we'll get there eventually. Okay. More about same-sex marriage and, of course, traditional right. or heterosexual marriage as it is. Nice. <laughs> what, what about the, uh, like, there's also, like, odd news or, you know, like, your weirder news stories. Yeah, the fun, that's kind of the fun stuff to put together because it basically means anything that we want to read on the Internet during the day is sort of work. It's research. <laughs> yeah. So um, we found some great stories this year. We found a rash of Nutella thefts. We found... What? <laughs> A rash of Nutella thefts. Where did that happen? The crime wave that's sweeping the globe. It happened in Germany, here in New York City, at Columbia University. Uh, People were stealing it from the dining hall to the tune of $1,000 a week. Wow. (laughs) And then selling Nutella. Well, I don't know. There might be a whole black market for Nutella out there. Good to know. Good to know. I like that. So who you? So if you're a book of facts, who fact check? How do you fact check a book of facts? I mean, that seems 
almost ridiculous. (laughs) It is a huge process, actually. We still spend a ton of money on fact-checkers every year, and what the fact-checkers do is make sure that they're verifying every single number, every single decimal point, even every single use of bold font, because sometimes things are... uh, That changes the definition of things. So it's a huge investment every year, and it's something that, you know, a lot of places don't have those resources anymore, and we still spend a lot of money on it because we think it's really important. Oh, yeah, it is important. (laughs) Good for you. I'm happy about that. Sarah, we've actually read the almanac from front to back, and let me tell you, there is some really weird information in there. Uh, So we've decided we're going to use that for this game. We are going to read you some of the titles from your own book. And you have to tell us, is it a real entry from the World Almanac or is it fake? All right? And if you get enough right, Rick Munn of Rockledge, Florida, will win a special Ask Me Another prize. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Is this real or fake? Some notable explosions since 1920. That one's real. That's real. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Do you remember any notable ones? There were a lot of notable explosions on that (laughs) list. There's probably 50 different entries on that list. There's a lot, huh? There's also notable shipwrecks. Notable shipwrecks. Notable oil spills. (laughs) Notable. I feel bad for the oil spill that just didn't make it. Yeah. You got to spill a lot of oil to make it on that list. (laughs) All right. Real or fake? Record-breaking roller coasters. That is a real entry. Yeah. Real. (laughs) That is correct. Uh, and do you know any of these facts? I have a couple of them, but you know, I, I, know I default to you. I know some of them. I don't know all of them. I know that uh, one of the world's fastest is in, in New Jersey. Did you know anything about the Formula Rossi in Abu Dhabi? <laughs> that is the world's fastest, it is, is the, it not? I know. <laughs> 149 miles per hour. That's too fast. It's not safe. I know. <laughs> that doesn't sound like fun I at all. I won't allow it. I won't allow it. Sandwich nicknames by region. (laughs) I wish that were in the World Almanac. (laughs) You have to give me this list later so that I can put it on our ideas for next year. You're right, that one's fake, but we just thought it was a good idea too. You know, is it a grinder or submarine, you know, so you can use it when you travel uh, across the city that you are in to the different neighborhoods. World capture of fish, crustaceans, and mollusks from 2002 to 11. That is in there, yes. Yes, that is real. (laughs) That is, let me tell you, what a read. Yeah, (laughs) gripping. (laughs) It's gripping. And we are not, we're not doing great. We're only fourth on the list, U.S. You know, we like our oysters a lot, but we're not catching enough of them, apparently. Really? We've got to work harder. (laughs) I think we do. Cities with the most unsolved murders. That's another good one, but it's not in there yet. <laughs> oh, you're right. It's fake. But I like thinking about that. <laughs> you know, if you're moving and you're just like, oh, I don't want to go somewhere with the most unsolved murders. Yeah. If I'm going to get murdered, at least I want it solved. <laughs> yeah, I, want it solved. I want people to know. Yeah. You're like, Honolulu. <laughs> you need closure. Right. You need closure. <laughs> Worst national flags. That is most certainly not in the world. No, that is not. (laughs) World Almanac takes no position on national flags. (laughs) But there are a lot of bad ones. You had a good bad one. Mozambique has an AK-47 on their flag. Come on, guys. Really? Yeah, that's not cool. No. Busiest Amtrak stations 2012. 
That is in the World Almanac. That is in the World Almanac. Again, New York topped the list, everybody. (laughs) With nine million riders. Sensation. I needed to know that. (laughs) All right, uh, I feel like you know the World Almanac. You actually have this job. Now I believe you. You got them all right. It's not just something I break out at parties. Yeah, no, you did. You nailed it. So thank you so much for playing, Sarah. Thank you. We are going to give Sarah an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube, because I know that she would love that for her desk. Let's hear it one more time for our VIP World Almanac editor, Sarah Jansen. Algeria, Bulgaria, Cambodia, Dominica, Egypt, France, the Gambia, Hungary, Iran, Japan, Kazakhstan, Libya, and Mongolia. Norway, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Suriname, Turkey, Uruguay, and Vietnam, West Xylophone, Yemen, Zimbabwe. Azerbaijan, Bolivia, Canada, Australia, Belgium, Chad. Afghanistan, Brunei, China, Denmark, Ecuador, Fiji, Guatemala, Algeria, Bulgaria, Cambodia, Dominica, Egypt, France, the Gambia, Hungary, Iran, Japan, Kazakhstan, Libya, and Mongolia. Norway, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Suriname, Turkey, Uruguay, and Vietnam, West Xylophone, Yemen, Zimbabwe. Jonathan Colton. Now we're going to crown this week's grand champion, so let's bring back from Oscar winners Dan Marin. From All Answers, our alliterative Katie Cozy. From A Family Affair, Jill Farrington, and from Product Placement, Dan Esposito. They're about to play our Ask Me One More Final Round, and puzzle guru John Chinesky, why don't you take us out? I'll do that. I hope you were paying attention to the last song Jonathan sang, Alphabet of Nations, because some of them may be answers in our final round, Keep It Country. Every answer is going to be a proper noun or phrase that includes the name of one of the nearly 200 countries in the world. For example, if we said, this soft drink brand that originated in 1904 is best known for its ginger ale, you would say Canada Dry. We're playing the spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to give us an answer. Last person standing is our Ask Me Another grand winner. Remember, every answer contains the name of one of the world's nations. Here we go. Dan Marin. In 2012, Lance Armstrong was stripped of his seven titles from this historic race. The French... Oh, God. Sorry. Let's see if Katie knows it. Tour de France. The Tour de France is right. Thank you for playing, Dan. Dan Marin. Jill. This triple-decker sandwich features a certain kind of poultry plus bacon, tomato, lettuce, and mayonnaise on toasted bread. Three seconds. Let's see if Dan Esposito knows. Dan, 
This triple-decker sandwich features a certain kind of poultry, plus bacon, tomato, lettuce, and mayonnaise on toasted bread. Yeah, uh, big America? No, let's see if Katie knows it. A turkey club. A turkey club is correct. Katie, you are our grand winner. Wow, that was the quickest final round we have ever had. Katie, you're our Ask Me Another Big winner, and as your grand prize, Sarah and the World Almanac staff have offered to find the answer to any fact-based question of your choosing. So you can think of anything you've ever wanted to know about, and they'll put their research team together and figure it out for you. Uh, And this is something, you know, fact-based, something that you can do research on, not something philosophical like, do all dogs really go to heaven? Because the answer is yes. So congratulations, Katie. That is our show. Thank you so much for listening. And if you would like to be a contestant, just find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. And you can be a puzzle player anytime, anyplace by downloading our podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is John Chinesky. Hey, my name anagrams to Ohak Ninjas. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou Jolta Cannon. Our puzzle editor is Art Chung. With additional puzzle writing by Matt Foster, Mark Halpin, Greg Lightman, Brock Mayen, and Dan Schofield. Ask Me Another is produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogeson, John Asante, and Eleanor Kagan, along with Portia robertson Migas and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Damian Whittemore, Noriko Akabe, and David Hurtgen. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm Harriet Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. This week on Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, our VIP, that's very important puzzler, takes on the role of puzzle guru. Though she may dress in raw meat, the flamboyant singer of Poker Face favors this cold tomato-based Spanish vegetable soup. Come play along with me, Ophira Eisenberg, and Daily Show co-creator Liz Winstead, next time on Ask Me Another. Hey, you're still listening? All right. Well, thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. Hey, did you know that there are lots of other great NPR podcasts out there? How about Snap Judgment? It is fantastic. Snap Judgment with Glenn Washington. It's storytelling with a beat. And it's an intimate kind of close musical storytelling. And it's stories that connect and captivate and invite you to listen very close. That's Snap Judgment. Check it out in iTunes under podcasts.